So people really don't like when you make jokes about Betty White. I wasn't even really making a joke. I was asking a legitimate question. I'm not going to repeat it. Go listen to the beginning of the last show if you want to know what I said. Don't worry, I've learned my lesson. I will not comment or otherwise make jokes when a living legend in entertainment dies. So I see Sidney Poitier passed away. Welcome to the Comparison Group Podcast, the podcast for people in the middle. The podcast for people who understand great minds do not have to think alike. The podcast for people who prefer a discussion toward argument. Today is January 14th, 2022. Listen to the show on the Pod Breed Network app available in all the app stores. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcast, iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, Good Pods, anywhere you get good anywhere you get podcast. Man, I messed that up. I would fix it, and I could fix it. But it lets you know that the show is not perfect. I know some of you are starting to think, boy, this guy's perfect. But no, I'm not. I, I do make mistakes from time to time. But thank you for all the positive comments to last week's show. With the exception of the Betty White joke, people really seem to enjoy it. I'm going to get to our main topic in just a minute. The main topic of this show, do people really believe some of the crazy stuff? That's a question I get all the time, maybe more than any other question, when people want to talk politics with me. Do people really believe this stuff? The stuff that's said by people in the media, pundits, talking heads, politicians, radio hosts, do they really believe some of the crazy things that come out of people's mouths? We'll get to that in a minute. And then also, at the end of the show, I'll answer an interesting question from a listener who asked... Why do you consider yourself center-left when you criticize the left so much? I thought an interesting question, so I'll answer that for you at the end of the show. Stay tuned for that. You won't want to miss it. But let me just quickly answer another comment, another question that I got from last week's show and tell you I'm not here to burst any bubbles. That's not the point of this show, to always be the wet blanket on everyone's fun. I am trying to do a show where I don't necessarily tell you what you want to hear all the time. This is the point of the show, the comparison group. If you want to be in a comparison group, you got to be willing to see things from both sides. You got to be willing to be in the middle. The comparison group is the control group in the experiment. We're who you compare everyone else to to know what crazy looks like. If you don't have sane people to compare the crazies to, then who you, how do you know who's crazy and who's not? So you got to be willing to accept a little bit of criticism. You got to be willing to accept maybe some things you don't want to hear, not just the things that you like to hear. We all do. I have to do it. 
I tell you, I put myself out there. I listen to conservative media so that you don't have to if you're on the left. I listen to right. Excuse me. I listen listen to left leaning media if you're on the right so that you don't have to. I'll give you the insight into what the left is saying, what the right is saying, what, in my opinion, the left is getting right. The left is getting wrong. The right is getting right. The right is getting wrong. And it's all just opinion. It's all just for discussion's sake, not for debate's sake, not for argument's sake. Just something to chew on, something to make you think. And that's what I was trying to do when I talked about how the messages that had come out that were coming from Fox News to Mark Meadows on January 6th were not that shocking. It's the media's job to tell you that everything is shocking. (gasps) Oh, look at this. Look at what the investigation into January 6th has uncovered. There were people from Fox News, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, sending messages to Mark Meadows, telling him to tell Donald Trump to stop the riot at the Capitol, to stop the insurrection, telling him this doesn't look good. You need to do something. And so I said, it's not really that shocking. I'd be willing to bet if it hasn't happened already There is going to be a counter from the right that says, well, look at the commentary on CNN and MSNBC on that day. One person after another was going on saying someone needs to contact Donald Trump and tell him to stop this. Well, that's what the people on Fox News were doing. They were doing exactly what you were telling them to do. Someone needs to contact Donald Trump and tell him to put a stop to this. I watched CNN on that day. I watched MSNBC on that day. And one person after another was saying that someone needs to contact Donald Trump and tell him to put a stop to this. So you can't really call what Sean Hannity and others at Fox News, Donald Trump Jr. did shocking or out of line if that's exactly what you were saying someone needed to do. And it also disproves the case that you're trying to make that they were trying to get people to incite violence. If they were trying to get people to incite uh, violence, they wouldn't have immediately said, hey, we need to put a stop to this. Donald Trump needs to put a stop to this. Now, if it was revealed that there were messages coming from Sean Hannity and others to Mark Meadows that said, Mark, tell the Supreme Leader this is unfolding exactly as we had expected. This is beautiful. If there was a message from Donald Trump Jr. saying, Mark, can you ask my dad if I can get an advance on my allowance? I spent all my money on hair gel again. That would have been shocking. But otherwise, I think it was a little overblown by the media, the revelation of the messages from Fox News. Is it weird? Of course it is. It's a weird sign of the times that a supposed news network is having that much communication with the White House. Weird, not shocking. But let's get to our main topic. And this is, again, a question I get all the time. I see on social media and I hear people asking all the time. It's usually directed at or about people on the right. It's usually in reference to something a pundit or talking head or media personality said. Maybe a politician said or tweeted and people wonder, man, can anyone really believe this stuff? Are they stupid? Are they crazy? Are they just pretending to be stupid or crazy? Can anyone really believe this stuff? First, let's listen to some examples. First up is Alex Jones, a right-leaning radio host that has a YouTube channel with millions 
millions of subscribers. This is some clips from John Oliver's show on HBO, a show he did about Alice Jones. These are some clips from the show. What do you think tap water is? It's a gay bomb, baby. And I'm not saying people didn't naturally have homosexual feelings. I'm not even getting into it. You think I am like, oh, shocked by it. So I'm up here bashing it because I don't like gay people. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Do you understand that? So that's Alex Jones from his show. And the laugh track or the laughter that you hear there is from the John Oliver show, not from the Alex Jones show. They're not laughing at him. They're taking him seriously, or so I think. But that was him saying that the government is putting chemicals in the water that is turning the frogs gay. Let's move on. Maybe you've had back pain before. Maybe you've had nerves that were cut off. This creates tingling. This ha- a lot of people have their feeling come back. I'm not going to make claims. Is research true? Organically based bio PQQ. And it's not technically organic. The other stuff, synthetic, completely lab made. This is made from organic sources, but the bacteria is GMO. I'll just tell you up front. But it's not like the super high tech stuff. It's a bacteria that's just been bred to be able to then secrete and produce. That's just like beer is bacteria. It's a lot of good bacteria, obviously, but this one, that's how the Japanese do it. But it's bioidentical. The stuff is only found in comics and in trace amounts in blueberries. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's very unprofessional of me to laugh at my own clips, but that's Alex Jones, the man I've talked to you many times about on his show, hocking his wares to his audience, to his millions of viewers, some sort of supplement or vitamin or garbage that he sells saying it's only found in comets and blueberries. (laughs) This past summer, Trump flag waivers spouted a lot of theories about Hillary Clinton's health. We see the coughing fits. She's had, it seems like, a number of blood clots. What on earth could be the reason behind Hillary Clinton's bizarre behavior? Look, it almost seems seizure-esque to me. It could be AIDS. What makes you think she has AIDS? Uh, The way her uh, husband used to be. So you think Bill had AIDS? Yes. So how did Bill Clinton get AIDS? Probably messing around with uh, Magic Johnson. That's the natural conclusion? Yes. He acts like a Muslim. He talks like a Muslim. Uh, He also does the Muslim principles as far as jewelry is concerned. Jewelry? Yeah, jewelry. Certain months of the year, not wearing his wedding ring. That's that's, That's a deep cut. You want me to connect your necklace to your Christianity? Why would you do that? Well, you just taught me it. I didn't even know people were connecting jewelry to religion. Barack Obama had big part of 9-11. Which part? Not being around, always on vacation, never in the office. Why do you think Barack Obama wasn't in the Oval Office on 9-11? That I don't know. We'd like to get to the bottom of that. Here's your favorite pillow salesman and mine, Mike Lindell, talking about how the election was stolen away from Trump. I told the whole country a month and a half ago that Donald Trump will be back in in August. You still believe that? Absolutely. This is the crime of the century you're describing, and they came to the My Pillow guy. No, they didn't come to me. They came to me on January 9th, but I've seen the evidence. But but they still they they still came to you. 
because let me tell you, nobody came to me until that date, and here's what happened. I had my own investigations, I had all my stuff going on, and nobody talked about the machines. We talked about dead people, non-resident, all the other stuff. I call it the organic fraud. Sure. Is this helping, Mike? What? This is, this here is, Jenny, a, all this, this is a, I, I already have the evidence. You know what this is doing? Do you guys get it? It's perpetuating no, no, anger, is, no, fear, and, and attacking no, our no, democracy. You know what you are by saying that. Let me tell you something. This is a free speech rally, okay? My platform, Frank Speech, for all the individuals, whether they're Democrat or Republican, right now, if you talk about machines, vaccine, the border, Jesus, you speak out for anything, and YouTube and Vimeo and people like you guys, as a journalist, suppress it, cancel us, or try and destroy something good that's coming out of this. This is a free speech rally. This isn't a Trump rally. Did you call it? Are you trying to say this is a Trump rally? It says my, MAGA is in the title and he's speaking at it. Here's Tucker Carlson saying that mandatory vaccines for the armed forces is a way to weed out the people that the elites don't want in our military. The point of mandatory vaccination is to identify the sincere Christians in the ranks, the free thinkers, the men with high testosterone levels, and anyone else who does not love Joe Biden and make them leave immediately. It's a takeover of the U.S. military. Whoa, whoa, hold on. I have no idea whether or not Tucker Carlson is a crackhead. I do not want to get sued. That was not me saying that. That was Morgan Freeman. In any case, you could spend hours upon hours upon hours and never run out of clips of just the craziest, most ridiculous, outrageous, too outrageous to even be put into a movie. The Fast and Furious movie franchises are more realistic than any of the things you'll find on the Internet about Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Alexandria, I'm too sexy for my own good Ocasio-Cortez. We're all susceptible, liberals, conservatives, all susceptible to some conspiracies or some Internet gossip, like was Jeffrey Epstein murdered to cover up a sex crime network of powerful people? Is there really a secret group of people who control the world, the Illuminati, the deep state? We can all fall prey to the tamer stuff, but it's the really wacky stuff. Do people believe it? And in my opinion, giving it some thought, this is what I've come up with. 110% absolutely yes and no. You'll believe anything that you really want to, that you really want to convince yourself is, is true. If you want to believe that Barack Obama was going to invade Texas, which was a real theory when he was president, if you want to believe Hillary Clinton has murdered over 100 people, which is real. You can find websites dedicated to that kind of stuff. If you really want to believe that stuff, you will. You'll believe it 100%. As long as there's just a little bit of a thread, a little bit of a thread of information that you can pull on, that you can cling to. And that's always there. That thread is always there. Just give me a name, any name. Henry Humpeldinker. I can connect Henry Humpeldinker to some guy that Hillary Clinton knew back when Bill was governor of Arkansas, and that guy just happened to go work in the office of a Russian diplomat 
and that Russian diplomat ended up dead. Well, clearly Hillary had him killed, right? Why? To cover up the fact that Hillary sold all our uranium to Russia. Wake up, people. That's just me spitballing for 15 seconds. These people spend their entire careers doing this stuff, just giving you a thread, giving you a thread to pull on. And so, yes, they believe it. They do believe it. As crazy, as whacked out as anything that can be put out there in the atmosphere, people will believe. I say no, because at the same time, they're quick to dismiss certain things as ridiculous. Ah, come on. That's just ridiculous. I don't believe that thing. I don't believe in space lasers. I'm not stupid after all. Because even stupid people are smart enough to know they don't want to look stupid. So there's some ridiculous things that people will immediately dismiss as false. Other things they won't. And there's no rhyme or reason to what they'll believe and what they won't believe. I found an article from way back in 2008 on Salon.com. And this article was in reference to a blog, Atlas Shrugs, which is a well-known right-wing blog that said, wrote about the conspiracy theory. Well, not a conspiracy theory to them, I guess, just a theory, but the theory that Barack Obama's real father was Malcolm X. Now, the crazy thing about this is I remember hearing about this on a right-wing radio show, and the host went on at length. If I recall correctly, he even had guests on, and they talked about how Malcolm X was really the father of Barack Obama. And they didn't even let things like it being impossible for Malcolm X and Barack Obama's mother to have met in the time frame that Barack Obama was born. They didn't let that get in their way. They worked around it. Trust me, they did. They also talked about a blog of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. Now, that sounds very official, doesn't it? Sounds legit. The Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. But they're a right-wing group. And in their blog, they wrote, Barack Obama is using hypnosis techniques to convince people to vote for him. He's using techniques of trance induction, which include extra slow speech, rhythm, tonalities, vagueness, visual imagery, metaphor, and raising of emotion. They wrote, this is from the blog, you will not choose to vote for Barack. You will have to. It is not a logical choice, but rather one directed by a mystical subconscious force. Now, Obama does talk slow. He does get pretty emotional and does get the crowd revved up and emotional. So for me to believe that, I don't have to say to myself, Barack Obama is hypnotizing people into voting for him. All I have to say to myself is, I could see where he's doing something there. I could see it. I could see where he, he knows some techniques and he's using them on people. Yeah, I could see it. So why? Why is this happening so much? Why do people who would otherwise seem normal and intelligent? Because this is affects people from all walks of life. And again, we're focusing more on the crazier right side of things, but it affects everybody. And why? Well, it's interesting. I was listening back to a show I did a while ago. And in that show, 
I played a clip from counterterrorism expert Phil Mudd. This was shortly after the insurrection had taken place. And Phil Mudd was on to explain how people can be radicalized. And that's how it feels like some people are today. If not even radicalized to do violence, just radicalized in their thought. Phil Mudd talked about how people get radicalized. And one of the really big things he said that stuck out to me, the word he used was validation. People need validation. In other words, if you started on the road to crazy town way back when Barack Obama got elected president, way back when Hillary Clinton was the target of the right, if you started back then believing all of the conspiracy theories about those people, how do you stop now? If you stop now, you lose that validation. If you stop now, you lose the validation of, I was right about the deep state. I was right that Hillary's crooked. I was right that Barack Obama is secretly a Muslim who wants to destroy America. You don't want to lose that validation. The harder it is to keep that validation, the more extreme you have to get, the more radicalized in thought you become. But there's another part to it that I came up with on my own. And I came up on that little extra part about the validation on my own, too. Phil Mudd talked about the validation and people needing to believe they're not wrong about things. But I I came up with that little extra bit there. I want to make sure I get credit where credit is due. But the extra thing I realized is there's nothing, there's no amount of crazy anymore. Donald Trump could go on TV tomorrow, pull down his pants, stick out his butt, and tell the world to pucker up and give him a big wet kiss right on his hairy beanbag. People on the left would come out and say, you know, I think this is it. I think this is the last straw with Donald Trump. I don't think people will support him anymore. And people on the right will come out and say, you know, that's not the way I would have chosen to do the interview. Nothing would change. And the reason for that, I think, is if I think back to Donald Trump's term as president, prior to the pandemic, the three years prior to the pandemic, there was nothing that Donald Trump did or said No crazy statement, no crazy behavior, no embarrassing moment that ever cost me money. I don't think there was ever anything that Donald Trump did that cost me money, not big money and not directly. And I think that's the case for most Americans. Maybe the farmers suffered under Donald Trump, but even they, a lot of them were made whole by billions of dollars that they were given because of Donald Trump's bad trade war. But other than that, can you really think of a large group of people that suffered financially while Trump was president? Again, talking pre-pandemic. But now, on the other hand, right now, I find myself paying more for gas, for food, if I want to go stay in a hotel on vacation, If I need new tires, if I want to go out to dinner, everything, everything costs more. Everything is affecting me financially. And I'm looking for someone to blame for that. And I'm not going to blame crazy statements by Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert. 
I can't even blame Paul Gosar tweeting out beheading videos for costing me more money at the grocery store. So how I feel financially trumps how I feel about crazy, about conspiracies, about what people say. And if the only thing that makes me feel better about myself, the only thing that validates me is not admitting they're crazy or conspiracy theories, well, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So the answer to the question is yes, people really do believe a lot of this stuff, but not because they want to. They kind of feel like they got no other choice because the alternative to not believing it is worse. Who wants to admit they've been wrong about every thought they've had politically for the past 15 years? So what do you do? How do you deal with people like this? I ain't going to leave you hanging. I'm going to tell you. Here's what you do. It's very simple. Let's all agree to start grading on a curve. That's all. If Donald Trump goes on PBS or NPR or wherever he went and throws a hissy fit because the reporter is asking him questions about the election and alleged fraud that he doesn't want to answer, well, I know that you're grading Trump on a curve. You're not going to see that interview the way I'm going to see it. And I'm just going to go ahead and allow that. And conversely, when people in the Biden camp talk about the Biden boom and how great this Biden economy is, well, allow me to grade Biden on a, on a curve. Don't throw it in my face that when Donald Trump was president, these same people said, oh, yeah, well, if you're going to spend trillions of dollars, if you're going to do a two trillion dollar tax cut, of course, you're going to have a decent economy. In other words, I heard. Someone on the left, when Trump was president, say, hey, if you give me the credit card and allow me to spend whatever I want to spend, of course, you'll have a good economy. Of course, you'll have a booming economy. Well, Biden's doing the same thing, spending trillions of dollars. And they're crowing about this good economy that can't seem to ever hit the job numbers. Uh, uh, Let me just grade Biden on a curve. Don't throw that in my face. It's hard. It's hard. But that's what we got to do. We got to start grading each other on a curve. You're not going to see Trump the way I'm going to see Trump. I'm not going to see Biden the way you're going to see Biden and vice versa. Do we really have to keep going back and forth pointing out the obvious? Where's that getting anybody? Nowhere. That's where. It's getting us nowhere. And fast. You know what? Let me do this. I'm going to wrap up. Getting to my time limit that I like to do. So I'm going to wrap up. I will save the discussion about why... I consider myself center left, even though I criticize the left. I will save that discussion for next show. I will do it at the very, very, very beginning of the next show. I promise you. Let me just mention a couple of quick things. There's always things that I see that I notice in the course of a week, but then I don't have the opportunity to talk about them on the show. And so I try and save them and work them in in the future. But a lot of times I don't get the chance to. So let me me just give a couple of quick comments on some things I saw this week. I saw a tweet in reference to, I am assuming it was Amazon, the Amazon employees wanting to form a union. And it said one of the demands of these employees who want to form the union at Amazon is they want to be able to keep their phones, their cell phones while they're working. That was one of their demands. And the young lady uh, who they were speaking to apparently said, hey, we need to keep our phones on us. Don't they realize some of us have children? 
Well, I would say to this young lady, doesn't she realize people had children before there were cell phones? If you listen to this show, I'm not anti-worker, but I'm not sympathetic to a lot of this new generation's way and how they see the workplace and how they should be treated. There's an obvious reason why an employer would want their employees to leave their cell phones in their cars or in their lockers. And this young lady should recognize that there were a whole lot of years where men and women went to work and worked all day without cell phones. And if they had children, somehow in an emergency, someone could get a hold of them at work. Something else I heard this week, and I heard it on a liberal radio show. And what I'm going to start doing, I should let you know, I generally say I heard it on a liberal radio show or I heard this on a conservative radio show. I don't like to use the name of the person or the show if I'm criticizing. I'm not looking to call people out like that. I'm not looking to criticize or put people on blast. But I realized it makes it sound like I'm doing one of the things I hate when I hear it in media is when someone says an unnamed source or a source inside the White House or when politicians are out there giving a speech and they say, you know, I was talking to a business owner back in Oklahoma and she said to me, it sounds fake. It sounds fake when they don't give a name. And so I'll get away from doing that because I don't want to sound fake. So the liberal show I was listening to was once again, the Joe Madison radio show on Sirius XM. There's only a few radio shows I listen to on a regular basis, Howard Stern, Joe Madison. So those are the ones I'll usually be citing. But I heard a caller and the, I should say, I listened for about two hours and that entire two hours was taken up with discussion beating up on Joe Manchin. And so I heard a caller say, and I quote, is it possible that Joe Manchin is secretly in the KKK. Just let that sit with you for a minute. It's gotten to the point where people on the left are questioning whether or not Joe Manchin is secretly in the KKK because he won't get on board with Biden's agenda. He won't get on board with killing the filibuster so they can pass these voting rights bills that they would like to pass. I'm not going to beat a dead horse because I've talked a whole lot about how idiotic I think it is for the Democratic Party, for the left to be attacking Joe Manchin. Just stupid. But what I'll say about the filibuster, I recognize that the filibuster is seen by many as an arcane relic that dates back to slavery. But listen, Mitch McConnell is an arcane relic that dates back to slavery. We just can't get rid of them. And so in my humble opinion, getting rid of the filibuster is not the answer because I don't think it will solve the ultimate problem. Reform the filibuster if you want. Update the filibuster for modern times if you want. But getting rid of it will not stop Republican-led state houses for looking for ways to restrict people's access to the vote. Republicans, as they exist right now, prefer it if less people vote. They stand a better chance of holding office if less people vote. They have relied for years, depended for years 
on less people voting. Low turnout has always been the friend of Republicans in most states. So change things at the federal level with the two voting rights bills that the Democrats are looking to get passed, if they can get rid of the filibuster, does not do anything to affect turnout, doesn't guarantee turnout, and it also does not stop Republicans at the state level of just adjusting and making rules to get around whatever the new voting rights bills would put in place. I know the voting rights bills are supposed to address that. I know it's supposed to address fixing the Supreme Court, striking down preclearance and so many other things. But people in politics are crafty. I don't think there's anything, any law that can be passed that Republicans can't undo at the state level if they have the control. And that doesn't even take into account what happens if the Democrats lose control at the federal level of Congress. Do they expect Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell not to undo anything that they've done? Of course, it would have to be signed off on by Joe Biden in order to undo it. And so what you've essentially done is just given the Republicans their big issue to run on for the presidency in 2024, just like they did with Obamacare, just like they did with Obamacare. Give us back control. Give us back control so we can take the country back from these overreaching liberal extremist socialist communist. I don't know. Just my opinion. But continuing to pass votes with zero support from the opposing party does not seem to be a winning strategy for either Democrats or Republicans, but particularly not a winning strategy for the country. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to go to the website, www.thecomparisongroup.com to look for some fact checks and some sources. I'll post a couple of the articles that I found when I was doing some research for this show. There was an article that talked about conspiracy theories and why people believe them. I'll post that. Follow me on Twitter at comparison underscore show at comparison underscore show. Please subscribe to the show. That way the show will come to you. You won't have to wonder when a new episode is coming out. Just go to Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, anywhere you get podcasts. Subscribe, enable notifications, and you'll see when a show becomes available. The easiest way may be just to follow me on Twitter because I post a show constantly on Twitter. Constantly. Probably more than I should, but trying to get it out there. Have a great weekend. It's Friday, January 14th. It's the 14th already. Do you know that I immediately broke my New Year's resolution without even realizing it? My New Year's resolution was to stop pointing out every time media reports things differently. 
In other words, when CNN reports something differently than Fox reports something, or when CNN doesn't report something, Fox News doesn't report something. And I immediately did that. I immediately talked about the coverage, the difference in coverage on January the 6th between Fox News and CNN. So it took me six days to break my New Year's resolution. There's always next year. <laughs>